This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week, we're going to continue classing it up. With <laughs> we had a hard time saying classy, huh? Uh, classing it up with Citizen Kane. Oh, by That's God, right. it's Kane, Hellfire, and Brimstone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,. Yeah, so this came out in 1941, directed by Orson Welles, written by Orson Welles, starring Orson Welles. <laughs> uh, also, Joseph Cotton, Dorothy, Comingor, Angus Moorhead, Ruth Warwick, Ray Collins. I don't know. Ag- Agnes. Agnes. Not Ag- Angus. What did I say? Angus. <laughs> Angus. <laughs> Agnes. It means Lamb of no, God. No, no, really let, let it slide, Jeff, but. One, one. That was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul Stewart, Fortione Bononova, and uh, yeah, a bunch of other people who are all dead. Um, it, I think it's, it's worth mentioning uh, the the other credited writer, um, Herman sure. Mankiewicz, because there's like there were there was anyways a lot of controversy uh, about how much each of them put into the script, uh, and there was a movie recently. About him, starring Brian Cranston, actually. And I'm going to assume that he is the other Mankiewicz's father who wrote Superman. It's possible. I'm pretty sure, because I know he comes from, like, Hollywood royalty type stuff. So it's if only there were a website that would show. I know. <laughs> I'm looking it up now. And, but I forgot the Mankiewicz's first name from... Um, uh, Superman. Anyway... Um, yeah, so this is on AFI's top 100 list, and it is number one. And we it's can talk. always, it's pretty much always at number one. Yeah, and we can talk about do it every year as we go along. Um, yeah, we're doing Godfather 2, we've done Forrest Gump, and Sissy Kane. We're doing some Academy Award winning movies here, which I'm assuming this one, but I don't even know. It, um, it, 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 it did, um, I think screenplay anyway. Uh, and then maybe for the photography. Um, but I was reading the trivia. It was getting booze every time it got announced for, for a nomination. Because of... Well, because uh, it got so many? No, no. Because of the whole thing with uh, with William Randolph Hearst. Oh, fuck that guy. Yeah. What's that all about? I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't know how much we want to get into that, but... Like, okay. The, we'll, we'll talk about Hearst more as, as we go into the. You've heard of Hearst Castle, <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. Yeah, it's. I've been there. It's, oh, so it's they say it's based off of him or something. A lot of it is based off of him. Not not just him. Like there's a couple other like tycoons. <laughs> it's gotcha. not a term that we use anymore, but uh, but it was mm-hmm. kind of based off of yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, Alex, this was on your list. Uh, what's your history with this movie? Um. This is one of those ones that I've always heard about that everybody raves. It's like, oh, it's, you know, it's considered the best movie of all time. Uh, we did 
studies and seen breakdowns of this in art school and uh, rightfully so after I, I finally see this see this movie I finally seen this movie <laughs> that is to say I I've saw her <laughs> but did you but did you see it <laughs> I did see it uh, just recently and uh, yeah I think most of it is warranted all, all the praise in it being continually on number one in the uh, 100 you know best movies of all time okay scott arguably yeah so scott what's your history you know i i always considered myself a movie buff um but my my knowledge of of movies is definitely lacking (laughs) and this is the first time that i've actually sat down to watch it from beginning to end Mm -hmm. uh you know as as a kid i don't think any of us would have had any any interest in this i mean as soon as we saw the black and white we would have pieced out but uh, <laughs> it gets points for being a talkie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not a color picture. Yeah, get out of here. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I don't think it was just it wasn't around when we were kids, unless I'm just misremembering. You know, between Beastmaster and and Conan the Destroyer, <laughs> Commando, uh, Twins, Terminator. Uh, yeah, unless it was show, showing like yeah. late at night or something like that. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was our Orson Welles. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that, that I didn't watch it at some point. Like, I just never mustered up the enthusiasm to kind of watch it, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I finally did it. <laughs> it's definitely worth a watch. All right. Um, yeah, I went, I had a phase where I went and watched a bunch of old movies. You know, you hear a bunch about, a bunch about them, kind of like we talked about before with Godfather or Casablanca, Gone with the Wind. And this is one of those, and um, we'll get into it, but I, I could definitely see why it gets praised, but I can also say, of those movies, this is probably like my least favorite of all the acclaimed ones that I went back and watched and um, never really got into it like I did, like Casablanca or some of the others. So, Well, maybe the worst one is Gone with the Wind. That movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this one is better than that, but... Yeah. <laughs> At least this one is not that long. I was expecting a three-hour movie, Jeff, to be honest with you. I don't give a damn. At a, at a two hours, I was kind of happy it wasn't that long. <laughs> Frankly, my dear, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the original script. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know why they changed it. Yeah. And with that, we're each going to talk about seven items from the movie. Alex, what's your number seven? My number seven, and this is, well, it's nitpicky, but uh, for the most part, for a lot of it, the old man makeup kind of works like it looks okay it looks pretty decent i think the the black and white of it helps and everything but like i thought um you know when uh orson wells is in the opera house i thought he was gonna be like that the whole movie so when i saw him as like a young man like uh getting kicked out of the most recent college going to the newspaper like holy shit this guy looks like he's in like mid to late 20s maybe early 30s uh and the old man makeup mostly worked uh, once he got into the old, old territory, like when he was walking around that big castle with yeah. his son and that old man makeup was like, uh, OK, but yeah, not, for the most part, not, I was impressed. Not, not, yeah, like some of it wasn't great by today's standards, but considering that this movie's 80 years old, um, like the makeup, it really is impressive. Yes. Uh, if, if you take that in context and they... They younged him up too, like they they. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, they 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 used a bunch of tricks uh. to, to make him look younger, and so they did a really good job with that as well. 
Um, you know, there's not there's not a whole lot of the movie that that's him, in you know the actual age he was when he was making the movie. Okay, but uh, yeah, I'm even more. Well, he was still in his twenties when this came out. Yeah, really. Yeah, but but like never. But like, so Orson Welles was the kid too. Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) They really younged Uh, him up, huh? Wow, how'd they do that? Just again, going back to the trivia, uh, (laughs) I guess he was like. Because he was basically up like 24 hours a day drinking pots of coffee and tea. Like he looked like shit all the time. So he looked older than whatever 20 year old like that he was. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 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 They had to do For the those short to make him actually look his age, I guess. Yeah. A little uh, old school camera trick that some people might not know about. Old school cameras, black and white cameras didn't pick up some of the color spectrums. So they would look or they wouldn't show up on film. They would just look like plain white or like the skin tones. I forgot exactly what it was. But if you see like people putting on old school makeup with one camera and that you see like these like football player lines under their eyes and everything like that. And raccoon like in like clear stripes, like the cover of wrinkles and stuff. But when they switch over to the film camera, all of that is gone. So I'm pretty sure they used a lot, a lot of those tricks back then. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott, number seven. Uh, my number seven is uh, what, what I thought was a, a very um, interesting, clever uh, framing device for, for the entire movie, uh, which is the way they shot the reporter in every scene. Like, I don't, I don't think you mm-hmm. ever see his face fully. Maybe at the end when they're walking out of the, 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 the main hall of Xanadu. Which you yeah, never see his like face, the like the, but the vast majority of the shots are either over his shoulder or or at some angle um, where he's kind of off to the side. Um, you know, just a, it was it's a good way to make him a cipher for the audience. Uh, at, at points, he actually um, some some really good writing where he says, "You know, I kind of feel sorry for for Mr. Kane." You know, that I like one of the low points for. For Kane in the in the movie, and you're like, yeah, like I feel sorry for him too. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, at the end, the whole thing with the the uh, jigsaw puzzle, uh, which is a little little on the nose, uh, but still a, a, pr- yeah. a pretty cool metaphor. Um, but he's like, yeah, like I don't think I learned anything about him. Um, and I thought uh, that yeah, that's that's pretty much like true too. Like we we get these stories from a handful of people about him. Um, but you know, we really still don't know a ton about like what's going on in his head, uh, and to, to have this all through this reporter, um, who also doubled up as the the voice of the uh, uh, news of the world reporter. You know, the he has the news around the nation that that, <laughs> that starts off the movie. Um, that was actually that guy too, like doing doing that voice. Uh, mm. But uh, anyways, yeah, I, I really like the idea of the, this reporter that. The camera's just kind of over his shoulder for the whole movie. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, my number seven, I'm going to try to be mostly positive, but my number seven, um, this movie's boring. <laughs> I think there's lots of good stuff to talk about. It. I have makeup further on my list. Some of the camera angles, the photography is all great, but I just kind of found the story boring. Um, I had a hard time keeping my interest. I actually fell asleep once watching it. So, um, 
<laughs> like I said, I've watched this. This is probably my third time watching it, and it's. I thought maybe I'm a little more mature now, and I'd get now still boring. Hmm. So you know, it's it's funny that you say that, Jeff. I can see that. It, like it, I I don't want to say it does away with some of the conventions that get used a lot now, just because those conventions weren't around back then, so maybe they didn't think to do it. But but yeah. it is interesting the, the the way they go through his origin story. Like he's a kid, and then there's like a few scenes of his caretaker talking about what's going on with him. And then he's buying the newspaper. Like, <laughs> we don't see... Yeah. He, like, if this was a movie now, there would have been the whole thing of, like, him going off to boarding school and getting in trouble and getting kicked out of college. And um, there would have been some other... Probably would have worked in some other love interest that, that he lost along the way there. Um, yeah. they, they just would add a lot of stuff. But here, they're like, nope. Like, these, these aren't the stories that they're telling about this guy. So we just jump cut to, to where he is now. And and maybe that's a lot of where like the fun, quote unquote, stuff would have happened. Um, so yeah, like it just the, the way that the story is played out. Yeah, like there's not a lot of fun stuff happening. <laughs> I agree, it goes through quick, but then when they do stop to show a scene, like the scene seemed to go on too long for me. Like it, um, it, it definitely let let things breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, I, I was at the time. You know, you're upset that your friend wrote a scathing, uh, you know, article about your your wife's singing or whatever, and now you're gonna type. But that thing went on like so fucking long. Like, Jesus Christ! Um, him dancing with the girls and that stuff just went on like way too long. Anyway, that's my number seven. Uh, Scott, what's your number six? Uh, so my number six. Um, spoilers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, well, sorry, this is. Alex is number six. No. Yeah, Alex is six. Yeah, we should jump to six. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no problem. Uh, not a spoiler. It's right at the beginning. Uh, my number six is that at first I really hated the uh, the start with, I, I mean, not with, you know, with the rosebud, him dying, the globe crashes and everything. But when the newsreel starts, I was like, uh, okay. I mean, I know this was, you know, what was happening at the time and whatnot, but it's like, uh, it kind of lost me a little bit. I was like, uh, all right, so they're doing like a lot of tell and not show in this. And then like it really subverted my expectations because it's like, oh, no, they're testing out this reel with the reporters and everything. And now they're getting into the meat and potatoes of what the movie's going to be about, which is finding out about what this rosebud is. We have nothing. It's like all of that that I hated. They they hated it, too. It's like, this is nothing. That's his, you know, really nothing about his character, who the man was. What was, you know, let's find about Rosebud. What was the last, what was that about? And his, la- his last dying word. So I thought that was great. I, I like it when a movie does that. It gets me to hate something. Like, oh, man, I'm going to hate this movie. And then it, it flips me around. Nice. M- m- yeah. Mostly unrelated. I, I did chuckle when they show him up on the balcony with, with Hitler um yeah not age because i couldn't help but think of blazing saddles when they're in the the mercenary and there's the guy dressed as hitler and he goes oh yeah that lose me in the bunker scene he's got this yeah. he's got his brooklyn accent <laughs> i thought the exact same thing <laughs> I thought, like, it's like oh that must have been that yeah, guy that's, that's what i thought it <laughs> was the same guy uh, Okay, now Scott. <laughs> I, want, yeah. I want to make the blazing saddle thing my number six now. And, uh, uh, so um, you know, spoilers. I, 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 you know, I 
don't think this was the original like twist ending or whatever. Um, but it's probably the the most famous, um, and you, it's been parodied endlessly. Uh, but um, it, there was something heartbreaking about the uh, the sled getting tossed into the the furnace, um, and I thought it was a was an amazing shot um, with the the way that the uh, the rose burns off and then the letters follow. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that that was super cool, and you know, just as like a, you know an analog to everything else that's happened in the movie, because they they say several times, you know, he got everything he wanted, but then he lost it. Um, you know, the thing that he wanted most, which was to recapture that feeling he had when he was, he was a kid, um, you know, goes up in smoke literally uh, yeah. at the end of the movie. But 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 again, just that that shot of of the letters burning and then the the rose burning off of the 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 sled uh was was really really cool um again you know try not to get too meta with it you know again with the the 80 year old thing uh but it's still really impressive that that, that they were able to get a shot like that like that long ago yeah yeah i mean did you guys said you just saw this did you guys know that it was a sled yeah yeah like i think (laughs) like that's one of those things that it's like oh like if if you know, you nerds like that, like us, like it's impossible to kind of escape that if you're mm-hmm. paying attention to pop culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we'll so be talking t- about in our top five crossover list. <laughs> yeah. This time watching it at the very beginning, I was watching if you could see the words Rosebud on his sled when he was a boy. And every single time he's like holding it up against his chest. Yeah. You actually never get to see that, you know, the logo on, on the sled. So that's something you wouldn't notice at the beginning. But if you want you know what the ending is, you would look for it. I didn't see it. I, I did also think it was, was interesting the uh the butler is kind of a dick. Uh he Oh yeah. He he's the one that's like, yeah, toss in there. Like guy could not give less of a shit about any of his personal items. Otherwise he would have seen the rosebud thing there and and you know, made money out of it. There's a million things there. Like, he can't Yeah. That's a lot. He wasn't a good dumb. Right, no, no, awesome, like I'm sure. not, I'm not blaming him for, for for doing that, but the just the idea that like nobody was going through that stuff; they were just automatically just tossing it. Yeah, yeah, all the two dollar stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. my number six, and this is where I'm an idiot, and you guys have to explain the movie to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ah. Do you need subtitles. Um, I have the subtitles on. <laughs> um, why? I don't understand. <laughs> this is the third time I've watched it. Why is he being sold off? I don't understand the beginning of this movie where his parents are selling him. I don't understand the beginning of this movie. Okay, that has to do with my number four because I I will talk about that. All right, so do you? Does it explain it? Should we just wait to number four then? Uh, No, we can. We can go ahead. So this is what I think happened. Um, Yeah. So his actual father. Or at least his, his actual father's family um, owned this mine that right. that at that point everybody thought was was empty. They resurveyed it, found that oh, there's still a shitload of gold in there. the The deed is still in the family. This other guy Thatcher found this out, and he you know just a shady entrepreneur, or whatever, uh, another tycoon. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I can make a lot of money off of this um, if I can like 
you know, get a share of this, this kid's, this wealth. So he, he doesn't, like, they're not going to give him the mine for, for that little money. Um, but he offers them money up front because it's going to take time for, for the mine to make money um, for the kid to get out of there. The mom wants him out of there because the stepfather, who is actually Kane, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they ever mentioned like his family's real last name, but uh, that guy's a piece of shit and beats him and probably the wife too. Um, mm. And so she wants to get him out of that situation. Um, and, and so doing, yes, she keeps him safe, but she also like kind of cuts him off from, from developing as like a normal adult. <laughs> yep. Okay. So I will say this. That's kind of what I got out of it. But I wasn't sure, and, it, and I think the way they filmed it comes off terrible. Like, she, the dad doesn't even seem that bad in this thing. He's just kind of like, oh, what's wrong with me? I'm not that bad. What, what's, what's, like, he doesn't, you don't see him, she's all beaten or something, because I was mad at the mom more than I was mad at the dad in this day. Yeah, that, like, why that's, is she yeah, so eager? That was, I, I, I did have to, to think about it. Um, the, yeah, they, I agree. The way they played is, is weird because she's very cold. Um, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. to, to imply that, Maybe she also doesn't want anything to do with the kid, like. But it's clear that the the guy beats the kid. It's yeah. It it could have been done a little more <laughs> cleanly. Yeah. <laughs> Number one movie uh, my ass doesn't make I, mistakes like that. No, I disagree. But we'll get to that. Okay. Um. All right. Well, that was my number six. So Alex, number mm-hmm. five. Uh, my number five is the Mr. Kane song. And uh, this is the first scene that I ever saw from this movie. And this was in college where they made us watch the scene and break it down and analyze what was going on. And it was a little bit tough (laughs) because we didn't see the rest of the movie. We just saw that one scene and the professor broke it down for us afterwards. But that was always memorable for me. Like how important it was that when they were talking, um, you could see Kane's reflection in the window. Uh, as to say that, you know, he's not going to be like his former self. He's changing. He's he's a reflection of his former self, something like that. Uh, I don't remember exactly what we discussed in the classroom, but th- that scene has always stuck out in my mind, even before watching the movie. So so that, that was an interestingly shot scene. Uh, sorry, yeah. he's wearing the, you know, on, on the black and white, it looks like he's wearing a white suit. Who knows if it's actually white, but... Everybody else is is wearing the the black tuxes, um, so he's already standing out. Um, mm-hmm. And they they fill out the room with with these women and the the conductor, and he he kind of towers over them. And everybody else is kind of sitting, so he's this larger than life figure that that's looming over everybody um, as he's you know being a part of this this dance number. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, interestingly shot at least yeah. Okay, uh, Scott, number five. Number five is Xanadu. Uh, <laughs> Xanadu. Uh, so Xanadu. Uh, so they they go into painstaking uh, detail in those opening shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, Alex, if there's a term for that kind of thing where you you zoom in, fade a little bit. And then you're closer, and then you cut again to a closer shot, and then you cut again to a closer shot. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know if there's an actual term for that, but 
Uh, there probably is. It's kind of like a jump cut, but it doesn't exactly jump. Yeah, but, but it's just like getting closer it's, and closer. It's a Xanadu cut. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, maybe that's <laughs> what it is called now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it's a weird idea to start the movie like that because it's so like eerie. Like you, you think you're watching a horror movie uh, yeah. to start. Um, <laughs> there, there is almost a, a jump scare when they show that goddamn cockatoo, by the way. <laughs> was it? See, that's the wake people yeah, up because yeah, the movie was kind of boring. If there, wow. Yeah, if there were. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, if, there, if there were, like, if, maybe, I don't know if your TV was cranked loud enough or your speakers were cranked loud enough, like, maybe that would have woken you up a little more. But, uh, uh, I don't mention the cockatoo. <laughs> the cockatoo. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, yeah, it's just super cool zooming in to the, to the house and they, they, they kind of hint at, like, all the different artwork through, through the newsreel and, and other things. And, um, it also has like a, a, a Lovecraftian vibe <laughs> to the whole thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, then they talk about how it's never finished, which is an interesting idea. Uh, and you see how dilapidated it is at that point. Um, mm-hmm. But even more so when, when, we, when we finally see the scenes inside the house, uh, you know, most of it's clearly uh, a soundstage. And, and yeah. the... the the Grand Stairway looks very familiar. Like, I'm sure I've seen that in, like, an Errol Flynn movie. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that, the idea for that main hall is amazing. Just how, uh, like, empty and cold it feels. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they drive the point home and they have the giant, like, fireplace hearth uh, in the middle. Um, Jeez, there's yeah. that super cool shot um, when she's doing the, the jigsaw puzzle um, in, in front of the fire and he walks over to like the only chair in the room, sit down. Remind me, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about the Simpsons later. Batman. But, uh, Look how loud yeah. I have to yell! Like, <laughs> uh. That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, yeah, just it feels so empty. Um, you know, she's talking about how like nobody's here, and he he mentions like, oh, there's people in the other wing, but the, you know, the place is so big that it doesn't even matter. Um, there, there's. Uh, some amazing shots when uh, when Susan leaves him. You see her go through both of those doorways, and then they reverse the shot, showing from the other point of view with the the butler, which I thought was was really interesting. Um, there's a shot where he kind of stalks off, and there's that like hall of mirrors. Um, they basically, yeah, yeah. you know, th- there's like three set pieces in there. There's there's like the, the hall, her bedroom, his bedroom. And then just kind of the stuff around it and like all of it's used to great effect because they, they talk about the, this place in the whole movie and you finally get to see like the inside of it toward the end. Um, yeah, just a, a, a really interesting set piece. Um, and again, this is based off the the Hearst Castle, at least in part. Um, the idea at least that Hearst built this castle in Saint... Man. <laughs> Sanity. I, I was gonna say the place where the Lost Boys is from was, <laughs> but uh, uh, San San something San San, 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 San Simeon. Thank you, Joe. San Simeon. Yeah, I was gonna say San Mateo, but that isn't what was meant. Um, yeah, just that's where Annie Dufresne um, <laughs> were at. Oh, that's San Juanteneo. Yeah. So, <laughs> Anyways, I'm I'm rambling. The the Xanadu um, set piece is, is is cool. 
Man, I right. should have stolen something from Hearst Castle when I was there. Hearst Donut. <laughs> Do you know that pop culture super nerd uh, Chris Hardwick, Chris Hardwick, like married a relative of the Hearst's? I did not. They had their wedding there. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then I think it since came out that he like was a bad. Yeah, dude or yeah. I remember it's, something like that yeah. happening. Anyway. Uh, my number five, this is more be, me being confused by this movie. Um, yeah, he's inherited all this money. He comes home, but he doesn't care about the money. He wants to start. He's interested in the newspaper. He comes into the, the inquirer and he's asking, you know, the main guy there, all this stuff. And he's like, fuck that. You know, it's like more like tab. We want to get, we want to be the news. We want to do all, you know, all the, like the bad stuff about news, right? He's like, no, we need proof. That's not real news. That's bullshit. That's just hearsay. And he's like, no, no, no. So like, okay, that's the kind of paper he wants to run. That's fine. And then a second later, he's like all virtuous. Oh, these are my, whatever the statement is, my proclamations. And he, it got too real there. Like, this is what, I, I can see how he would have fallen down the path of that. I, I was just confused how he started off being, he wanted to be a shysty paper. Immediately, it was like, we're going to be truth. And then immediately, he was never that. Like, I, I got confused, like. We see a guy that wanted to be good and then eventually went down the path of shysty news or, but it didn't because right away he wasn't about that. It's like, you go down there and you get the gossip or whatever. Uh, I was confused. I think it was a cross between yellow journalism and, and, and activism, like actively being part of the news. Um, You know, like, like you just mentioned, Jeff, like some people down to, to threaten until they, cajole until they could get the story that they wanted yeah. but, but also including you know human interest pieces um you know more more scandalous salacious stuff you know stuff that doesn't like affect anybody but it's the stuff that people want to read um sure so and that's what he starts out with but then he has that whole problem when they need but not even in, in the public face when he's talking to his friends. Like, no, I want to give the truth. I want to be the voice. Like, you sounded, that sounded yeah, pure. It's, 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 but everything he said before that wasn't. Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's definitely difficult to reconcile, like, where he yeah. actually came out on that, you know. Uh, I think, yeah, he probably believed that he wanted to, you know, tell the truth and be an honest, virtuous, you know, newsman. But he just wasn't. That would have made sense if the scene before that hadn't happened where he said, go do all the shit, go shake down for a story. Like if he would have started out with, I want to be this way. And then he just couldn't adhere to that. And he did the thing that made more sense. But he started off kind of being (laughs) bad. Then he was like, then he proposed this this virtuistic thing. And then he was back to the bad. Like that, I was just confused. I'm like, so what is that? So I I don't think he saw a difference between like getting the story he wanted like he didn't see a problem with getting the story yeah. he wanted, and the truth. Like at the same time, like yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. But, that, but, that but, I mean, of, but yeah, like the movie yeah, makes it clear that he was definitely like like putting stuff in there that that wasn't necessarily the truth. <laughs> you too, yeah. Mm-hmm. As the movie goes on. Oh yeah, right. That I understood, but like I said it was just the con- at the very beginning where he was kind of this, uh, different ideas that he both said, and it wasn't like one was in the public eye, one was behind the scenes. Both were behind the scenes, and they were both contradictory to each other. I, I felt. So I was confused. Um, yeah, well, he's a very contradictory person. I know. But it happened minutes from each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so. I know. Yeah. Right. I th- yeah, I think to Scott's point, I think he did see both of those things as, you know, the same thing. It was his truth, and that's the only one that mattered. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, Alex number four. My number four is Charles getting sold off to the tycoon. Um, this one, I do sympathize with the mom. I did, yeah, like you, Jeff, I was angry at her at first. I thought she was just greedy and she just wanted the money and this old man needed an heir, <laughs> much like Mr. Burns. Mm -hmm. um, but then as soon as she says, you know, we we need to keep Charles, you know, away from you when she's talking to the husband. It's like, oh, okay, now I get what's going on. She has to be super cold like that, not because or else she won't be able to go through with it to protect her kid. And also maybe she thinks that it'll be easier for Charles if she sees her as like mm. a very mean like witchy person so that it, it'd be like better to leave her while the dad who seems like very friendly and everything like that of course he does in this moment when there's another person around um we've seen various other you know movies and stuff portraying uh abusal, abusing spouses like this where they're you know abusive and uh beating down on people one minute and the next he's super charming and oh I couldn't believe he'd ever do something like that so I think that was this part of his psyche where he was like being super friendly enough if you do this if you sell off Charles people are going to think I'm a bad parent yeah so I, I love that scene I mean it was heartbreaking but I, I thought it was very well done alright and, and the way you explain it I think you're probably 100% right I just didn't get that out of it um, watching it mm couple times and so that just kind of I don't know maybe one extra scene but maybe that's just spelling it out and idiots are fuck the idiots and just <laughs> smart people watch it I don't know but I just I just felt uh, I was like the mom seemed cold and the dad seemed alright and so mm -hmm. I was like, what the hell? And I had a feeling, she said, when she did say that, I had to keep away from is you. It, is I was everything like, okay, going okay like he probably is home. an abuser or something but it's just, yeah. yeah. Are you okay at home, Jeff? No, Laura beats me. <laughs> You seem so nice. <laughs> Save me and Penny, please. All right. Penny's all cold and distant. <laughs> uh, Scott, number three. Or number, number four. four sorry. Uh, was my, my favorite shot in the movie, uh, which was the, the opera house, the, the the pedestal shot. So they they go from the, not quite the orchestral pit, but it just keeps going up through the the rafters, oh, yeah, and up and up that and up amazing. and up and up. Um, it's just a, a, <laughs> a great shot. And then finally, he gets to the Jar Jar Binks. Yes, Jar Jar Binks. Uh, <laughs> he yeah, gets to the the, the, the stage hands, and yeah, the one guy's the Rudy's. Yeah, uh, well, that was just such a cool shot uh, in a movie that that's kind of full of those. Uh, so that's that's why I added it here, and and just kind of bonus points, where you see the shot from the other side of the stage later on, uh, when you get uh, Susie's point of view. Um, yeah. yeah, just again, that that, there was some some really Both cool stuff, and then there was there was like again some a, a nod to like the the big Hollywood production with everything going around that stage, uh, that mm -hmm. it felt like Orson Welles was resisting for this. Uh, movie he kind of kind of shoehorned in in the, this one opera scene now I'm glad you brought her up because like everybody said she was a bad singer but maybe it was because it was so long ago or the style or the operatic like singing 
It's like, I didn't think she was that bad. Are my ears bad? Like, was she horrible? So here, here's what I think. <laughs> okay. To the, to the layman, i.e. me and you, I'm not going to speak for Jeff, but I'm going to assume Jeff, I'm going to lump <laughs> Jeff in with us. Uh, for, for idiots yeah. like us, yeah, she doesn't sound bad. She sounds fine. But for people that can pick up on the pitches, she was off pitch. She wasn't a bad singer, but she was b- bad as the lead whatever. Uh, okay, so maybe opera wouldn't have been her thing. Maybe she would have, like, well, I mean, was her club successful? Where she was being interviewed no. at? And I guess, well, maybe she was a bad singer. She was probably a drunk at that or, point. So. Well, well, they talked, like, yeah. I, I couldn't help but think of... Uh, <laughs> Tombstone, the laudanum. Yeah, I get yeah. headaches sometimes. It's only, it's, it's only a toothache. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, she's already an addict to, to begin with. They kind of tiptoe around that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess at the very beginning when he first meets her, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think she really mm-hmm. had a toothache. Uh, mm-hmm. See, look at this. I'm learning <laughs> Take, stuff. <laughs> taking notes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, yeah. uh, that was like, your your number four, Scott. Why is that Italian man so mad at her? I mean, she's doing her best. <laughs> he's no, no, no. He's just he's just Italian. He's just an Italian stereotype. Well, my number four is his running for governor stuff, especially the big scene with his big head in the poster and all that stuff, and his speech. That's classic. That says we'll talk about more from stuff from Simpsons and been copied in a million other places. Mm-hmm. Um, just all that. It's just a classic scene, and I do like it. And just how big everything is there. It's pretty dang cool. And his speech, pretty dang cool. And some of the mm-hmm. stuff he's saying is pretty dang cool and pretty dang scary with today's times. But <laughs> yeah, um, and all that's changed. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, nope, not ha- none has in. in- that scene, uh, the trivia. There, you see, you see the big crowd there. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that effect is really. Yeah, good. So there weren't actually people. It was just a picture, and they just poked holes in it, and like would shine light to make it seem like there was movement. Um, yeah. But I'll ask you guys a question. Do you? Are you gonna say? There's <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of apes and oh, seats. It really, is the best movie of all time. But, uh, do you do you think he drew inspiration from from Hitler's speeches? I th- I think so. Not not not, not, like not, not, the, not the ideology, <laughs> but just the no, but the pageantry, yeah, and the, yeah, the setup, yeah. and everything, the way it kind of looked and sounded. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. But this is forty one. I mean, it was Hitler stuff, but Hitler wasn't. Enemy number one yet for us was he? Forty-two but I mean, that, the war. That all those newsreels would have been over here. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. I just feel like any politician has that. It could be. You, I mean, it definitely that, in that mind, true. Right? Maybe, maybe that's more of like how things looked back then. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But it definitely or, would have been to the forefront of his mind. Obviously, I, I yeah. don't definitely could be. Yeah. Um. All right, Alex, number three. My number three is that the the filmmaking in this movie is just way ahead of its time. Uh, like we were talking about the like specifically the editing at the beginning was incredible. 
It was like when uh, Mr. The reporter, Mr. Thomas, right? Thompson? Thompson. Thomas? Thompson. He gets the ledger to read about Kane's early life. And that's when you get like the the scene at the cabin and then Merry Christmas. And then it cuts to a different time frame and a Happy New Year. And it goes. That was very. uh, uh, I want to say like Edgar Wright probably took inspiration from this when he does his (laughs) fast moving like jump cuts to like different to to move the passage of time but that was just brilliant and it just kept going up until like he's 20s and he's got a, the newspaper that was amazing the filming effects like when they filmed the reflection on the broken globe of the people coming into the room to check out what was going that on was that cool was shot. that was so fucking cool um and even just the 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 I I really noticed the Hey RJ moment from UHF <laughs> when he's talking to his guardian, what's his face, Mr. Thatcher, at the newspaper. Yeah, Mr. Thatcher. And I forgot exactly what he said, but they were talking. There was the big bus hustle and bustle in the in newspaper and everything. And all of a sudden, you know, Kane said something, and the whole newsroom just went dead silent. It was like, oh shit, this is important. And it spoke a lot about his character. But, you know, I don't remember what it was, so maybe not that good. But I, I just love that it really drew attention to it. Um, I think, yeah, I think the only misstep is that fucking <laughs> the cockatoo. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But everything else, like Scott said, the the uh, it's not a I don't want to call it a pan. But when they raise the camera up through, yeah, the opera house. Well, again, I had to look this up. I think I think it, it's a pedestal shot. Because yeah, pan pans okay. left and pedestal, right. Pedestal yeah, it's, 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 yeah. Uh, horizontal. I mean, yeah, horizontal. Yeah, uh, the, that. Um, what else? Yeah, walking through the hall when you see like the, just the way they set up the scene between the characters and uh, the settings. It was all like near perfection. All right. Yeah, Alex number three. I'm mean, sorry, Scott number three. My number three. <laughs> Scott is, number three. So mine uh, is, is pretty close to, to your number three, Alex. Uh, just the so I want to talk about the you know now we call it cinematography, but uh, the uh, you know I think at the time they call it the, the photography, uh, but specifically mm-hmm. the lighting, like just the level of oh, yeah, like like it's it's almost maddening to me. Like how much, like thought went into every one of these scenes. The way people are moving in and out of shadows, um, you know, just the way that they they want it to be, um, you know, mm-hmm. it's something that you could only do in black and white. Uh, so yeah, it just it, it was very interesting for me to to see that. Like uh, you know, again, there's a little bit of the meta going on there of like, oh, you know, things don't work work that way anymore. Um, but you can you can see mm-hmm. why people like made a big stink when uh, Ted Turner made the joke. I'm pretty sure he was joking at the time, but made a joke about colorizing Citizen Kane, uh, <laughs> and everybody was like, "What the fuck are you talking about, dude?" Uh, uh, yeah, but you can see like it 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 wouldn't work anymore if it colorized because then like all that lighting goes out the window. But yeah, just no, yeah, it was just be so like amazingly meticulous with it all. And just all the different shots and angles, and uh, you know, they they do a lot in the in the movie to to make um, him kind of loom over everything to, to make the, the oh yeah the the Charles King character loom over everything and everybody. Um, 
And then there's interesting shots of like going through the the sign and the 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 sunroof. Oh, I forget and, about and that. The club that was, was cool. cool, and then it and then it reverses out also, um, which was cool. Yeah. Um, the there are some shots where the like the camera's like clearly going through objects um, to get places. Uh, um, the the I I loved like the last five minutes when all those long shots with all the crates and everything and people walking through there. Yeah. Top. Man. Yeah. And there were, there were a couple of, uh, like, I actually went back and rewatched it to see like how many cuts there were. Um, it would have, it would have blown my mind if it had all been like one take that final walkout, but they, they do cut a couple times. Uh, no, yeah. but still, still very cool. Just all those people walking around and, um, you know, just catching everything. Uh, yeah, that, that that's my number three is the 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 lighting and then all the shots of like as a whole here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Agreed. Uh, my number three, Alex uh, had already said. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, I thought it was my number three. No, I'm saying it's my number three <laughs> is what Alex already said earlier was the old makeup. So I thought the makeup looked great in some points. And then toward the very end, when he got super old, I thought it looked pretty terrible. Um, but at first, like, you know, this guy, if he was in his 20s, I think I looked like he was like 25 or 28. I forgot what it was. I, you can see that, right? When he shows up to the paper and everything, that's a 25, 28-year-old man. Mm-hmm. You say maybe they de-aged him. I guess maybe a little bit. But he still seemed about that age. Um, and then when he's doing the governor stuff and running the papers, just that, you can't even tell. Like that looks really good, like really good makeup. And then yeah. yeah, it's when he gets really old, it starts to stand out and his mustache. And and I would also say shout out to old Leland. He looked pretty terrible too when he's Yeah. Oh, bring me a cigar and stick it in the toothpaste. Yeah, I like them cigars. My doctor doesn't that, want me anymore, but I'm gonna have some of them cigars. That that by play went a little too long. That was that's one of my, my minor gripes <laughs> oh, of the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was the style at the time. <laughs> you know what? I didn't see a single onion yeah, on a belt, too. So I don't, I don't know. I was disappointed. That, yeah. yeah. I was waiting for somebody to I, say, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll be dead in the cold, cold ground before I recognize Missouri. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I had that as an audible mention, old Leland. But yeah, it, but his calling out makeup, I think he looked pretty bad at the end, um, along with Orson Welles. But. Yeah. Yeah. That's my number three. So, Alex, what's your number two? My number two is Orson Welles. Um, he he's not just uh, the voice of Omicron battling <laughs> Transformers. He's not just an amazing uh, voiceover in a Man of War song, Defender. By the way, look it up; it's fantastic. He's, he's not uh, the he's, boss of Broadway. Muppets take Manhattan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he's incredible in Don't this film. The narrator of History of the World Part One. Oh. oh shit! That's right, <laughs> Rome. Um, but just the way, like, man, that he goes from being a uh, you know a starry-eyed twenty-year-old that wants to run his own paper, he's defying his his uh, legal guardian, as he called him, Mister Thatcher, uh, turning into like a, a, a tycoon, but he falls madly in love. You know, can you guys just tycoon wife. like twelve times today, and it's awesome. I want to be a tycoon. <laughs> yeah. Tycoon. Closest I've ever been is a railroad tycoon in the PC. Yeah, a video game tycoon. Yeah. Roller coaster tycoon. Yeah, roller coaster Murdering tycoon. Murdering endless groups of people. 
Mm-hmm. My own amusement, yes. Uh, but yeah, he does. Orson Welles does a, an amazing job just pr- portraying Charles Kane. Uh, him being super charismatic and having fun, but also he looked very, yeah, imposing. An imposing, larger-than-life figure. Up until, like, almost the very end. And then he just... That scene where he just trashes Susan's... Like, the whole room was incredible. He must have... He must have fucked up his hands at one point. I'm pretty sure he no, must he, have. He uh, literally did. He uh, cut his hand open. Yeah. But they, you know... They, they set it up because... To, to only be one take. <laughs> and luckily the camera didn't yeah. pick up any of the blood. You know, it's not like today when, like, uh, DiCaprio cuts his hand open and they just keep it. Back then, the mm-hmm. the censors would have been like, oh, no, you can't show him bleeding or something. I don't know. Or it'll look yeah. weird on, on camera. But... That went on a little too long, too. Oh, he was very broken. <laughs> I get it. But... <laughs> I don't think you did. I was waiting for Carlo to come out of the room and say, now clean it up! <laughs> clean it up! Uh, but yeah, fantastic. All right, Scott, number two. Uh, my number two is the the life of Kane here. Uh, it's it's a, a fascinating character study in that it's all secondhand accounts. Uh, you know, it start like yeah. Alex you pointed out with the starts awesome. with the newsreel. It's kind of a um, like bang bang bang. Here's here's the highlights of this guy's life, um, and then you you get people that knew him better. Um, but they, everybody kind of goes out of their way to say like, they really, they never really like ever got that close to him. Uh, you know, the one person maybe that did at least for a short time was his first wife. Uh, but they like very um, interestingly mentioned that they die in a car crash, but that's, that's not part of like, you don't see or, or hear about it in the movie outside of the, the newsreel. Uh, because like that's that's not the stories people are telling about this guy. Um, you know, they're talking about their their own interactions with him, uh, or stories that he passed on to them anyway. And so, yeah, it's fascinating that I mean, the loss of a child is awful, and it's not it's not a part of the movie. Like it's just kind of mentioned offhand, uh, you know. But it would definitely help shape his. His, his eventual loneliness, anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, just the idea of of the unreliable, the unreliable narrator, um, basically giving an account of, of him throughout the entire movie, uh, leading to the the whole thing with the rosebud, um, which is is kind of the only like real thing we know about him, um, about like what's going on in his head, uh, you know, outside of like things that, that are being accounted by other people. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's an interesting way to tell a story. Um, I can see why th- this was like kind of has captured people's imaginations. Uh, it kind of set a template for, for something different, um, in, in that regard. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's my number two, all the, the, the way his, his life is framed here. Okay. Agreed. I agreed as well. Um, my number two, well, one of you guys just said, I don't know who, uh, the, the camera angles and all the good shots. I think you guys have both actually mentioned it. Um, so not much to add there. The one scene, which I think they've shown a lot to, is he's on the typewriter and the guy's coming up behind him and 
how he's in the foreground. It's another cool shot. When he was... Uh, that was crushing, too. Oh, yeah. I don't know what we're talking. Oh, we're talking. You're, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, you guys mentioned him like being bigger than everybody. He had like, a lot of low-angle shots where the camera's going yeah. up. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's the scene, like I said, where he... I forgot what. They're, they're dancing. He's having a little party or whatever. I, I think it's when he just came back from Europe. Maybe I don't know, and he's dancing all the girls, and he's going back and forth, and he just looks enormous. Yeah, in yeah, that that's, scene. that's yeah, that's what I was saying yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he's gonna hit his head on the <laughs> ceiling or something, and it's because of that angle mm-hmm. shot. Um, yeah, and you guys talked about much other angles too. So that's my number two, Alex. Number one, my number one is Rosebud. Um, it was a great hook a great mystery to uh kind of go to uh, set the stage for the movie um and it, as usual i mean all this shit that that shapes people adults in the future all comes down to childhood trauma uh, and yeah it's very that might be one of the the most relatable thing about kane is that Everybody wants to reclaim a little bit of their childhood. Go back to the days of yesteryear when things were a bit simpler. Didn't have to worry about fucking paying bills and shit. <laughs> you know, as, as, as I was watching the, the movie, Alex, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help but keep thinking. So I, I think I, I decided by the end of the movie, but as, as, as it was going along, is, is Kane, is, is Charles Foster Kane, is he a tragic figure? Um, and... Ultimately, it comes back to his childhood, like, and, mm-hmm. and that that makes it a, a like a solid yes, because you know all all of his struggles are you know kind of his of his own doing of his own making, um, and it, it like I was struggling with it like you know how much do I empathize with him, um, you know there's points where yeah you, you definitely empathize with with what he's going through then other points. Like Jeff was saying, like, like basically, how full of shit is he? Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's difficult to, to get a handle on it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it. But yeah, it goes back to the his childhood. Yeah, like, like he, he the guy has, like, basically the world handed to him, and you know, and he hates it. He, he, hates, he can't hates Mister Thatcher. He, he hates he, you know. I'm I'm pretty sure he still loves his mom, but he hates that. You know, he had to go away from. Yeah, there. he can. He can never just like be happy. Uh, which, which, it's just. Like, I, I guess that 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 is tragic on some level. Um, mm-hmm. But what was that one quote? I think it was early in the movie. It's like I might have been a good man if I didn't have so much money. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I forget, I forget the exact quote. But yeah, it was, um, something yeah. along those lines. Um, it reminds me of another boy who had a. A ship that went fast on <laughs> the ground, and he was taken from his mother, and he became a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, well, Anakin Skywalker. Same, same story. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he named his pod racer Rosebud too. So yeah. it's it's it uh mm-hmm. yeah, it all works out. That's it. <laughs> Where are we at um, now? That was, that was your number one. Uh, somebody, yeah, that was so my, number my, one. my number one. Uh, here is, is Orson Welles. Uh, Again, maybe not the original auteur, but like the the first one that comes to mind, you know, doing doing everything on this movie. 
Uh, but I think it is definitely worth mentioning him as an actor here. Um, like like Alex was saying, you know, he, the, the charisma's there. You know, he's kind of the, the idea is that he's this larger than life figure and, and he definitely pulls it off. Um, but but in the more emotional scenes, I think he's he's great. Uh, the the scene where he's tearing apart the room, um, yes, maybe that goes on for a beat too long. Uh, but like just his like frustration and, and anger and uh, just he's he's devastated and you can see it all on his face. And it's just mm-hmm. it's it's a different thing. Like I, you know, we don't do a whole lot of black and white movies or, or older movies, but. You know, you, you definitely don't see anything like that in Casablanca. Um, I think the only thing that was even close to that, like, time-wise was what, like, Frankenstein? Uh, <laughs> which, you know, definitely not the same. Um, yeah. You know, just, just I feel like he's kind of setting the bar there. Uh, and, you know, he he's just completely broken at, at, that, at that scene. And that's um, some some really, really great acting. Uh, so yeah, just the acting and just the idea that that he's doing all this stuff back in 1940, and like the studio took a flyer on him too. You know, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like he had a proven track record. Um, just kind of a perfect storm to, for the, for this movie to come together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jeff, either. Jeff. Yep. Yeah, sorry. Jeff. What's your number one? Number one is the same thing. Sorry, I was agreeing with you the whole time. So my number one is Orson Welles. Uh, yeah, he's. I mean, just this is his movie, right? So directed it. I guess wrote it part of it. Wrote wrote it. Wrote part of it at least. He wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> directed it. All that stuff. Or Started. acted in it. Yeah. Um, yep. That's it. Hmm. Uh, any honorable mentions? Mine was old Leland. He was terrible. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, a few things. Um, the the weird, the super weird Thatcher Museum or library or whatever the hell that was supposed to be uh, was 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 really bizarre and, and at the same time interesting. That he's got that that giant vault that has like nothing in it, <laughs> and the the big statue of him and the the two people there, like the weird library marm and the security guard seemed fanatical about about anybody like disparaging Thatcher in any way, shape or form. It's this really weird uh, thing that, that stuck out for me. Um, it, was, it was that the uh, the the clapping scene. Uh, this has been clap is, is, is great. Didn't quite make my list. Um, just his kind of. Almost, almost like he's waking up, and there's this begrudging kind of reflexive clapping that he's doing. Um, is is great. And now you know, there's a mm-hmm. there's a gif of it that <laughs> it's like one of the best clapping memes I'll do. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then and the one last thing, uh, I thought it was interesting that the the manager, Mister Bernstein, um, like he just called him his general manager. Uh, it is interesting that is clearly a, a Jewish guy, um, at least the the character, anyways. Uh, you know, back in 1940, mm-hmm. uh, with all the anti anti semitism and stuff, like uh, it, was, it was like I don't know, it kind of felt gutsy knowing knowing what we know. 
<laughs> about what was going on in the world. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. For me, real quick, during the newsreel when there was a crowd of people saying, "Is like, oh, Charles Kane is a communist," and <laughs> this is what really got me. It's like that had question marks popping up in my head. He's a communist and a fascist. I was like, "What is that? Is that how it's like they pronounced it back then? Is that how it's pronounced now?" And I'm just <laughs> like learning about it. Because I thought it was fascist, but he said fascist, and that just stuck out to me. Uh, the other thing that I thought was weird was re remember that scene in the tent with mm -hmm. Susan when they went on the picnic. Towards the end of their argument and the and the fight, you could hear in the background like a woman screaming, and it wasn't like yeah uh, like she was partying too hard or something. It was like she's being yeah, attacked. That was weird. And I thought, oh shit, are they going to run out of the tent? Is something happening? And no, they just cut. <laughs> so it was like, did, what was did, that? Did you notice the uh, the uh, birds or whatever the fuck that was? Oh, yeah, they were animated. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the, the background was projected with animated birds. It, it, I guess they can get the true, ones. They said they borrowed that from another movie. Supposedly, oh, supposedly, okay. uh, they were actually pterodactyls. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I don't know if that's true, well, but it was definitely like, yeah, some kind of like animation from a different movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That stuck out, but I was like, oh, okay. They just needed a background, whatever. What's that movie with Donald Duck and like the Mexican birds? What is the this? Three Caballeros. Yes. God damn it. Oh, the Three Caballeros. Three Caballeros. <laughs> Caballeros. Whoa. That's the one. Um. All right. Anything else? Or is it time to rate? I think it's time to rate it. All right. As usual, we rate on a scale of one to seven. One being garbage, seven being perfection. Alex, what do you give the greatest movie of all time? <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to give it a six. Huh. Um, mostly, it's really strong in the filmmaking. This should definitely be in every every you know film class, even animation class or storyboarding class syllabus should watch citizen kane break down the seeds break down how they shot everything amazing uh the story is also really good uh but it didn't i, I didn't get any strong emotions out of the movie you know it, it for me this movie to get a seven it has to be rewatchable and it has to evoke some sort of like strong emotional reaction for me and for this one it kind of yeah it, it kind of didn't and i'm gonna rewatch it but just you know not right away, but I will rewatch it. So it's it's a strong six. Okay. The Scott. bird definitely takes it down a peg, too. <laughs> 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 that bumps it up for me. Like it was a five, and then the cockatoo happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, a, a six for me as well. well you know, a, a lot of stuff Alex said. Uh, I I think would have pushed it over for me, and this is probably an intentional choice uh, by, by Wells, uh, is... Yeah, you just never really feel all that attached to the Wells character. Um, yeah. He, he's this unknowable guy. So, you know, at, at the end of the movie, yeah, you just don't feel the the loss of him from the world. Like, it's just kind of dour and, and a little sad. And, um, yeah, it makes the, the, the rewatchability a little a little tougher uh, than, than it otherwise might be. Um so yeah, six. Uh, still, still hard not to recognize like all the, 
the the amazing things that they're they're doing with this movie though. Mm-hmm. All right, I give it a four. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I really did not enjoy this. I can't say I disliked it, so I'll put it a four. Um, it comes obviously it comes up with some expectations as being the greatest movie ever made, and to mm-hmm. me. I had far too many questions about the story to keep it as a seven, obviously. And then I was bored through it. And uh, yeah, but I didn't because I didn't hate it. I didn't dislike it. So that's why it's not a three. But I never need to see this again. That's three too many times. Just, for me. just needed a couple more <laughs> boobs, explosions, something. Yeah. I'm no, joking. Yeah, no, 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 no. I like that. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it just wasn't for me. Like, I guess I don't, the art, the filmmaking aspect, I guess, is one thing that doesn't do it. I need a good story and I did not. But the story was not there for me. All right. And with that, it's time for a crossover topic, which is what, Alex? <laughs> uh, our top five movie references are just references in general. Probably movie references from The Simpsons, where we saw it on The Simpsons first. Because, yeah, Citizen Kane definitely falls into that category for me. <laughs> Right, so this is just, uh, to be clear, this is where we, we're kids, we saw it on The Simpsons, we had no idea what we were seeing, and then later on in life we saw it in the movies or TV, and like, oh, that's from The Simpsons, but really it was from this, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's your number five? Um, my number five is, sorry, it is Citizen Kane, we, we, well, I personally, we kind of don't like to do this, put the movie that we're talking about in the crossover list, but Citizen Kane just has so many references in The Simpsons that it was hard to leave it off the list. Uh, I won't name them here, just in case you guys have your own. Mm-hmm. Your I, I do not have any Citizen Kane stuff on this list. I mean, it might okay. me either, so go for it. Okay, cool. Uh, one of the lesser ones was when they go to like Planet Hollywood and Lisa goes, oh, there's the Kane from Citizen Kane. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> there's no Kane in Citizen Kane. But there was. I noticed there's one in the movie yeah. very shortly. Uh, there's um, when Mr. Burns is running for governor, he has that almost a similar painting yeah. <laughs> up on his campaign speech. Uh, when uh, one of the guys from the power plant is retiring, Mr. Smithers does that Mr. Kane song, but the Mr. Burns song, there is a man, his name is Mr. Burns. Uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be that guy's retirement party, but Smithers makes it all about Burns. Um, I do the last remember- one. Sorry, yeah. I do remember one of the com- – I I like the first five or six seasons on DVD. I know you had way more than that. But I remember one of them, they said at that point in time, they had parodied – or you've seen some Citizen Kane more than any other movie. They, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I do remember so. there being it. one where they show Mr. Burns as a kid and basically him getting taken away the same way. Yeah. No, I'm getting there. It's the okay. Mr. Bobo, Bobo uh, the Bear okay. episode. And that that whole thing was a citizen came from uh, yeah the old man is like now Montgomery do you want to stay here and live with your family that loves you and go with this rich old man just <laughs> jumps into the limo and let's roll <laughs> his dad's like well at least we still have his brother George <laughs> not any of you kids remember George Burns <laughs> this caricature was amazing that's funny and yeah and Bobo the bear to replace Rosebud. Uh, but yeah, those are all the ones that I could name off the top of my head. I'm sure there's a lot more. But there it is. Yeah, Citizen oh. King. All right. Uh, Scott, number five. Uh, number five is an officer and a gentleman. The uh, 
Oh yeah. The end of the the Mindy episode. I don't know if you know the actual name of that one. Now it's. Oh, no, it's not. No, that's not. The, is that, uh, no, that's a different one. No, it's not oh, the Mindy. Yes. It is the. It was the Jacques Brunswick right, episode. She, she goes to work at the plant, right? No, she is going. She can either go to the hotel to sleep with Jacques. Or she could go to the power plant and she goes down that ironic street <laughs> that has all the married couple stuff. And then she's at the crossroads between the, uh, I forget what the hotel was called, but it was some ridiculous name and the power plant. And she chooses to go to the power plant. What, what is it Homer says when, he, when he's carrying her off? Like, I won't be back for 45 minutes or something like that. <laughs> Not at 10 yeah. minutes. <laughs> I'm going to the back of my car with my wife and I won't be back for 10 minutes. <laughs> we have a love lift us up where we belong. Uh, yeah, I'd not, yeah, that's good. See an officer and gentleman, which is an okay movie, uh, but at the time it was it was, it was, it was very popular. It. I think. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, under my number five, now it'd be uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> um, yeah. The two that I remember, I don't even know if it's from the same one. Is, is one where I think Barney rips out the the drinking fountain and throws it through the window. Yeah. I think that's right. And then the other one is this one. I'm pretty sure is the Michael Jackson one where there's the chief there. And then someone Homer goes, hi, and he doesn't talk. And he goes, hello. It's about time. Someone reached out to me or something yeah. like that. Hey there, chief. Hello. <laughs> I remember I had no idea what those references do. And then I watched the movie at one point and I was like, that's from the Simpsons. I mean, that's a perfect example of this list. Where... So that's mine. Alex, yeah, number four. Nice. Uh, my number four is <laughs> uh, the fugitive. When Bart gets Milhouse somehow on the top ten most wanted list, <laughs> and Tommy Lee Jones is after Milhouse, and they have that whole uh, sewer pipe scene. <laughs> uh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I told you, I didn't, didn't say I don't care. And Milhouse <laughs> jumps off at the, the bottom. Goes, ah, oh, my glasses. <laughs> that was great. Nice. All right. But you hadn't seen Fugitive yet? At that point, no. I hadn't. Huh, okay. So that's one of those. I, I saw that when that movie came out. So, But I guess I'm a little older than you guys. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott. Uh, number, number four is The Godfather. Uh, <laughs> you brought a great joy to this old Italian stereotype. But uh, mo- mostly when uh, <laughs> he's he's hitting his head on all the uh, the wine glasses. And it, it plays out the, <laughs> the song to the Godfather. The, yeah, uh, that's fucking brilliant. Uh, and yeah, I'm sure that one's if if uh, Citizen Kane is number one, like Godfather's probably maybe number two. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. That's the same. Uh, but uh, yeah, just that, that first time with the what? How, how much money does he give back to him? <laughs> yeah, forty eight dollars. It is a change. <laughs> Oh God, Godfather. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, my number four is a Clockwork Orange. Um, <laughs> Grabbing those cupcakes. Yeah, so the ones I remember, maybe you guys can add more. But obviously, the one with Santa's little helper oh, being yeah. programmed to oh, be yeah. uh, an attack dog, yeah. and he has to watch the video with his eyelids peeled open, <laughs> and then Bart dresses as one of the drugs. Um, one of the droogs, which I had no idea when yeah, I yeah. saw that. Yeah. Um, 
Did you guys have others? Did you, I don't know the one you guys just referenced. Yeah, when Lisa was doing <laughs> experiments on Bart, like shock treatments, because uh, she was doing the science experiment, uh, is my brother dumber than a hamster? Okay. So she would she would rig all these cupcakes that have an electrical shock to them, right? So whenever Bart would go for a cupcake, he'd get a shock, but then he'd keep doing it over and over again. It got to the point where he saw two cupcakes, perfectly round cupcakes with cherries on top on the table, and he went over to reach for them. <laughs> then as he went to get them, uh, his hands started shaking, and then he just crumbled on the floor like in the fetal position. Kind of like when uh, Alex in A Clockwork's Orange was tested with that mm-hmm. naked lady. Gotcha. After it's programming. I vaguely gotcha. <laughs> remember Barney dressed up as a Jew at some point, too, but I might just be misremembering that. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember that, but I definitely know Bart did. Yeah. Um, all right. On to our number three is Alex. My number three is The Graduate in the Mr. Bergstrom episode, which uh, was guest starred by Dustin Hoffman, was Mr. Bergstrom. So Mrs. Krabappel, they had that classic scene with her leg taking up most of the frame and Mr. Bergstrom is in the middle below her leg in that shot. <laughs> Mrs. Krabappel, I think you're trying <laughs> to seduce me. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Nice. What season is that? Wow. Two. Yeah. Early guest stars. Really? Early big guest stars. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Dustin mm-hmm. Hoffman season two. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't think he used his real name okay. in the credits, which a lot of stars did back then. Huston <laughs> and Dolphin. <laughs> All right. Scott, number three. Uh, number three is Cape Fear. The, uh, yeah, has a few. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a classic Simpsons episode in and of itself. But the uh, yeah, you had no idea that it was a reference to like the original or the remake. <laughs> that see, I've ne- I've still never seen Cape Fear. All I know about Cape Fear yeah, is from I've seen from the Simpsons. That's mm-hmm. that's one of those ones where it might be interesting for us to do the original oh, yeah. and then yeah, some yeah. point down the road try to try to do the, the remake, but um. It's Robert yeah. Mitchum and then right, Robert De Niro, right? A right? right. uh, little bit, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if the remake was out at that point for this one, but uh, um, it might have been because I think they make jokes about the tattoos it been. on his, which I do, no, I don't yeah, know yeah. if the tattoos the were love hate part of the original, but um, well, they did it in Seinfeld <laughs> too. <laughs> Jerry, <laughs> hello, oh. answer the damn phone. <laughs> See, I didn't know that was from Cape Fear. See, I'm learning stuff yeah, right that, now. That episode... I didn't know what that was from. You know, the direct reference, like, him being under the car and then constantly hitting stuff on the way. <laughs> uh, the, the little evil Krusty doll uh, does that, too. The, the, oh, yeah. The, uh, I don't think the chainsaw gag was, was a part of anything, but still freaking hilarious. <laughs> Hey, Bart! <laughs> <laughs> Bart. <laughs> See, man, who hockey mask. Oh, God. Hey, Bart, do you want some brownies? Uh, <laughs> come on, get them while they're still hot. <laughs> it's great. Nice. All the, you mentioned the Sideshow Bob stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So, whole, so the, so the premise yeah. is the same, where they're, yeah. they're witness protection. Yeah. All right, um, my number three, and this is one where I kind of gave, I questioned your fugitive, but this is where Pulp Fiction, I had not seen Pulp Fiction uh, when that whole episode of the uh, Springfield yeah, mini stories. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Wow. So when I saw that, I have no idea, especially with the, I got donuts. <laughs> hey, I know you. <laughs> you and looks like the spider got yeah, a couple of flies. I had, did not know that was from Pulp Fiction until later, a couple years later when I watched the movie. So, uh, yeah. I can't believe the Simpsons did that. But <laughs> you was had awesome. hogtied and. I remember the looks like the spider caught himself a couple of flies, but I I completely forgot about the I've got to <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I know you. <laughs> Stop, we gotta swap insurance info. Yeah, like we rarely get donuts, but whenever I get donuts and I'm walking with the box <laughs> in my head, I cannot not say <laughs> I've got donuts. All right, that's my number three. Alex, number two. Number two, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Uh, there's been a few references. Um, Bart throwing up a marker after he writes, <laughs> like, winner or something on the back of Homer's head at the end of the episode. Yeah. And it turns into, like, a, it's a thing, like the satellite that hits <laughs> the space baby Homer. Uh, and there was another one in an earlier episode where there was an ape that looked a lot like Homer. And he saw the monolith and everything, but he just leaned on it so that it moved a little bit. And then he took a nap. <laughs> <laughs> and then that cross faded into Homer in the present day. Yeah. Nice. I saw 2001 at a pretty early age. Didn't understand it. Still don't <laughs> understand it. <laughs> but I remember seeing that probably mm-hmm. younger than I should have. Just, I don't know. I th- honestly, I, I think we went to Universal Studios and there was an exhibit. They showed some of the behind the scenes, how they made it. And I really wanted to watch it. And I was disappointed. Oh, really? I love that movie. I still don't. It's, it loses me. Talk about slow and boring. But no loser. <laughs> All right, Scott, number two. Uh, number two. Uh, I'll, I'll just say the name and then I'll let Jeff talk about it. But, uh, Planet of the Apes. That's my number one. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it now. Well, we'll later. Say for you, number one. Well, now, what the hell? So, at the time, like, I recognized the song, the Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good old Falco. Uh, you know, not even knowing who Falco was, I'm sure. But, uh, well, yeah, the, like, the, you know, the pun, the chimpanzee, chimpanzee, chimpanzee. Well, yeah, this is pretty funny. <laughs> but, you know, never having seen Planet of the Apes, like, I'm not getting the, the jokes. Like, the, like some of it's just like it's just dumb jokes like the can I play the piano anymore? <laughs> of course you <laughs> like can before. Uh, <laughs> but the joke that I think I, I appreciate more now, and it again, you, you don't even have to see the movie to think this is funny, but the I love you, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> I don't know it's it's way more funny to me now than you know having seen the movie. But. <laughs> Oh, I love you, Doctor Sayus. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because that messed me up. Because I thought <laughs> Doctor Sayus was a good guy. And he was on his side. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> you can talk. You can talk. Come on, let's see it again, Brennan. Yeah. yeah. So not only that really whole musical, 
But the Homer in space thing, when he he has the breakdown about he finally figures out the Indian Statue of Liberty. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, the I still have a team that's Planet of the Apes, and I didn't really get what Homer was talking about then until all of a sudden when that shit happened when I finally saw the movie. You know, I was pretty much Homer Simpson at that moment. You maniacs! <laughs> you blew it up. It's, it's like the the end of Spaceballs is. That is that yeah. much funnier. <laughs> oh shit! Like, if you if you haven't seen the, you know, it's funny enough, but the oh shit, yeah, yeah. There goes the planet. <laughs> there goes the planet. It is just great when you when that happens and you're way like, oh my god. Not um, only is this great, a joke I heard twenty years ago, which I thought was kind of funny, <laughs> is really funny now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, my right. pop was a huge Heston fan, so I'd already I'd long seen those movies before. That's still awesome. So my my dad was Heston. Was he a Heston fan? I don't know, but he definitely watched those movies. But I was scared of them yeah. when I was a kid. Those monkeys looked too. They they kind of freaked me yeah. out. So I never stayed in the room when he was watching those. Things. I'd like to kiss you, okay? But you're so <laughs> damned ugly. Yeah, I think that was my dad's favorite line. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Um, all right, my number two has already been said. That was it's The Godfather. And I think I just talked about this the other day when we did Godfather <laughs> 2 and Homer walking down the street. That's a nice donut. All the other references which we've talked about. So that's my yeah, number two. <laughs> Fat Tony, the kiss of death. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? The kiss of death is one of those things where they hyped it up so much in that that I was a little disappointed. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be, I should say, in The Godfather. I mean, it's obviously much better, but it was... Not what I thought. Oh, fat Tony. That was a good day to you, sir. Okay. I will what? Go. <laughs> hey, what? Wait a minute. What did I do? <laughs> oh, God. Well, now we just cross it over to uh, multiple things here because... <laughs> the fucking well, Simpsons. Well, no, I was going to say because of the Planet of the Apes episode with Troy McClure also has the greatest line about the fishes. sleeping with the fishes. No, yeah. Which is, uh, works on so many different levels. You gotta watch all these movies and love The Simpsons. And, oh my god. I love that joke. <laughs> what it's so fucking was. good. That's one of those ones just like <laughs> I saw that. I heard that joke I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> I thought you said he was dead. All right. <laughs> Uh, Alex, number one. Uh, my number one is uh, the Raven from the first Halloween Simpsons episode uh, <laughs> in season two. I didn't know Ad- Edgar Allan Poe or the Raven or anything. I-, I think I studied it a couple years later in school. But up until that point, I had no idea. And uh, yeah, it was creepy. It was scary. It was a little, pretty funny. Also, it was it was great. It was a great start. To the essence James Hopkins Jones. Yeah. Yep. So I will say, so now me being a few years older than you guys, where I had already had to read it, it was mandatory reading before it came out in The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And I never understood it. And I still really don't quite understand it that well. But The Simpsons made it easier. <laughs> and we got to, we had to watch it later on in class. We had to watch it. That and the Telltale Heart, because they do yeah. that too, right? In The Simpsons. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was a diorama the, competition. Oh, I bet my Wookiee. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was nice. Yeah, he said, and yeah, James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. I always think you guys, when you go on Haunted Mansion and the crows always show up, and I always feel like I'm <laughs> in the Raven at that part. Mm-hmm. Nevermore. All right. 
Scott, uh, number number one, one is the shinning. Uh, oh, damn. That is true. Is, okay, that's a good so one. So the, the whole sequence of the, whichever Halloween the treehouse before that was, with the, the, the shining one. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Simpsons made it a little bit too real. It, 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 was, I mean, it, yeah, it ended a little darkly, like that happens sometimes. But the... Uh, it's such a great parody to the, the yeah. <laughs> no TV <laughs> makes Homer something something crazy. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. The TV's warm glowing, warming glow. Um, and and what's in like my top ten Simpsons lines of all time is the don't you don't you mean the shining. No, the shitting boy. Do you want to get seed? <laughs> but not I, what's ah, I'm gonna butcher the line, but he says. You need me just use the shitting, but not between six and seven. That's Willie's time. The the Willie's time <laughs> yeah. line fucking killed me at the time. It still makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That I don't know if that would supplant anyone on my list, but that would be right there. I really like how in The Simpsons they addressed how he got out of the freezer. Uh, Homer, me and the ghouls are a little bit worried about this family killing thing. It's not going as we, as we planned. It's like, get murdered now, eating. And then all of the Mo and a bunch of other Hollywood monsters just come in and drag him out of the freezer. Like, oh, that's what must have happened to Jack. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number one was already Planet of the Apes, so mm-hmm. I think we're done, right? That's it. All right. The last one, which is kind of another Hollywood one, would be the Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Is that the same? You think kill the killing the head vampire? I don't know. That's kind of a Lost Boys thing, too. Yeah, I don't know. Lost Boys. Salem's Lot. I think there was a scene from that. I really I feel like if we focused movie. on the, the Halloween episodes, it would probably be like, maybe really dense with, with movies that we hadn't seen at that point. Yeah. Yeah, like Soiling yeah, Green. Yeah. I still haven't seen Soiling Green and stuff like that. But the whatever whatever episode is super fun happy slide with Homer on the, the <laughs> Oh god, it still cracks me up. Super fun happy slide. Alright. And with that, it's time for Alex No Sports. I'm Alex and sports I like sports. Ball. So uh, I'm taking a break from traditional sports. Everything is in the limelight to March Madness. Ooh, water sports? Is already, people are already bracketing for fucking March Madness. Uh, but yeah, it's funny that you mentioned it. Water sports. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This I is, was looking uh, this for is like, a kid's podcast. <laughs> I was uh, looking for like bizarre, just other, you know, sports that uh, people uh, participate in, like the cheese rolling. I did, I did see, I you did guys see heard of the cheese rolling hill? <laughs> uh, those, those people. There's that. There's Broken the collarbone uh, yeah, central. Yeah. yeah. Uh, chess boxing is still a thing. Have you guys yeah. seen this? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Yeah, they play some chess and then they ring the bell. They have to box for a little bit and then go back to chess. So you pretty much uh, just have to be really good at boxing. <laughs> have you knock out your opponent yeah, before you yeah. get back to the it table? It seems like a solid yeah. shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there's underwater hockey that I've never heard of. <laughs> But another water sport, one that doesn't seem sanitary, is bog snorkeling. 
Have you guys heard of this? Have you seen this? Have you heard of this? Where you have to go... Yeah. You have to go two consecutive lengths of a 60-yard water-filled trench cut through a peat bog. So I guess they have it in Wales and in Scotland. I was going to say, this has to be in a very specific location. Yeah. Or the dead marshes. The thing is... you. Yeah, you can't like use your hands to swim. You have a snorkel on and flippers, and that's all. you. You can only How use can the flippers tell? to go in. Whoever's fastest. Well, because you don't, you're not splashing your hands around. You know, it's not like okay. the freestyle swim. They say if you go under, they can't tell. So, eh, you can tell. Do you, I? So I don't. I don't know but anything yeah. about Pete. Like, I'm. I'm guessing it's not healthy to ingest a bunch of it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know though. It just from looking at the pictures, it's like I don't think I want to go <laughs> in that understand. water. It's like every once in a while, I'll see uh, some some video pop up of somebody like in the Everglades or something like that, like snorkeling out there. It's like, yeah, yeah. There's, nope. there's a lot of nope with that. <laughs> there's not only gators, but that brain-eating bacteria, right? In Florida, you don't want that. You don't want to be in Florida. Yeah. Florida. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Boots with the fur. Mm-hmm. All right. Fur. And it's time for Neom News. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Sanity is in Florida. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, starting off with uh, Sandman has begun on Netflix. Yes, uh, yes, it I has. got through about half an episode and then the, this podcast recording started. So <laughs> maybe I'll try to finish it up tonight. We'll we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I was looking forward to this one. I think quite a few people have been looking forward to it. I know um, a few people that have started watching it. They all have good things to say. Uh, so hopefully they'll have some kind of review on that next week. Alex, did you already get through an episode? Uh, I've gotten through right. five well, episodes uh, already. Overall so far? Uh, really good because uh, I got the the collection of the comic books and just one graphic comic volume. So and it goes through, uh, you know, the first few chapters of that, of course, in the series. But Neil Gaiman and David S. Goyer did some really smart choices in adapting it to the TV for screening for streaming. It's they made some good choices, logical ones that don't, you know. I love the graphic novel, even though I just read it. It was it's really well written, and they did a really good translation onto the screen. So um, yeah, it's good. Isn't this Goyer guy like make a bunch of shitty movies? He has, movies? but he has some good ones too. Mm-hmm. Well, he did the Dark Knight, so all right, doesn't matter what he did after that. <laughs> you know, he did. Uh, uh, did both of the first two blades? Okay, I think I'm thinking of somebody Wait, else. Goyer did Dark Knight? What are you... That's what it says As here. As a writer? Yep. Yeah. I mean, maybe he probably co-wrote it with okay. Nolan. Um, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, Goyer, he's a writer for Dark City, too. Yeah. A story by Goyer, screenplay by okay. the Nolan brothers. Uh, yeah, Goyer's had his hand in, like, the nerd stuff for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. The... DC, it's a Warner Brothers joint too, by the way. I don't see too many of these pop up on Netflix, anyways. I'm surprised mm-hmm. this isn't part of HBO Max. 
Uh, I know. But I think Netflix just right, did too, maybe. That Netflix is, is kind of done away with anything that they don't own now, right? And so this is, you know, being Warner Brothers. Like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Anyways, I hope this doesn't like end in a cancellation kind of deal because that would suck. If it's good. Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, Sandman's here. Um, speaking of DC, uh, there's the whole debacle going around about how they finished they finished making the Batwoman movie and Wonder Brothers just decided, eh, we're just going to shelve it. Like that. I know. This is uh, bullshit. You know, 90 million is a uh, chump change or whatever. Like, I, I have to wonder what, like, series of events led to this. Like, is it is it that bad that they just decided, no, did they see what happened with uh, Morbius <laughs> and decided they didn't want to go, uh, you know, wanna, they didn't want to be 2.0 of that? <laughs> did they see the, the MCU landscape and thought this isn't going to work? Like, you know, there's, there's lots of things they could have done with it. Like, yeah, they could throw it on HBO Max. Like, just have it go direct to take the loss. But, like, you've already made the thing. Like, you're not getting that money back. Like, I don't know. Maybe there's some weird insurance thing yeah, or something. release it. Um, maybe they actually do recoup some of it. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, why not have it on there? Um, yeah, just, the whole thing is, like, super weird. And I, f- I feel bad for yeah. the people involved that actually, like, cared yeah, yeah everybody the whole production yeah, team yeah. yeah that really sucks um, i heard that they kind of did a similar thing with uh where they shelved this movie they didn't want to release it because of some corporate bullshit like refocusing whatever and so they sold the rights of distribution to some other s- smaller uh distributor and it turned out to be a slum dog millionaire yeah. and it exploded so uh let's see if they make well, that, another mistake that, so that was a distribution thing. Like, this is a little bit different. Yeah. yeah still. Yeah. I know, um, but. Yeah, like, I'm reading stuff for the, like, quoting anonymous Hollywood execs saying, like, I've never, I've been doing this forever. I've never seen this shit happen before. Like, <laughs> um, just a, a weird mm-hmm. situation. Um, so we'll see what ultimately comes of it. Uh, then, uh, just a little bit of video game news uh, that I thought was, like, Slightly funny. Uh, <laughs> the I think it's like a friends and family alpha opened up for Diablo Four, uh, which is going to do well. We'll probably do big business, uh, and people immediately broke NDA and started leaking everything about everything. <laughs> uh, oh no! Like like I, I've oh, got to think damn it. that that Blizzard had to know this was going to happen at this point, but. Like, like yeah. the Pandora's box has been open with, with all this stuff. Like, and in a way, Blizzard's kind of ground zero for this, where they, like, take feedback from, from users and players and, like, and now, like, the consumer expects, like, immediate, like, answers to all their questions from developers, which is madness yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, for anybody that's ever had to develop anything, like <laughs> to to have to to answer to to your consumer base like that like outside of answering to their wallets um is it's weird um and so yeah but also just this culture now of like people probably couldn't wait to start showing whatever it was they were looking at like 
you know, NDA be damned. <laughs> or people not reading it or understanding what an NDA was. Like, it just, you know, the non-disclosure agreement. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just, it's it's crazy. Like, I don't think anything, it, like, it, it was one of those things where it leaked and everybody was like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. It was just more like, oh wow, there's lots of stuff out here that, that Blizzard didn't intend to get out there. <laughs> um, so, mm. I guess it bodes well that people didn't hate what we got out there, but we'll see. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll be talking more about Diablo 4 at some point as it gets closer. And then finally, um, it's running a little long, so I'll try to make this fast. But I think I think it's good to do this with this episode. I'm sure we've gone to those lists before, but uh, you know, we talk about the FI Top 100. Um, talking about the IMDb Top. 250 i don't know why it's 250 exactly but citizen kane comes in at number 95 with an 8.3 um user this is user ratings by the way <laughs> um okay yeah in this day and age it's so yeah. so, so just uh, a that. couple of like quick trivia questions for you guys here um there are four movies mm-hmm. that are sitting at 9.0 or above in the imdb top 50 uh, want to hazard any guesses? Um, hmm. Dark, Dark Knight. Knight is number three. Good guess. Good, good pull, Jeff. Oh yeah, this is this is user. Um, House of the <laughs> Dead. It's not there. No, no, that's no? that's actually number five. Okay. Uh, at an eight point nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, what about um, Everything Everywhere All at I Once? Still not I still haven't that, seen that. Um, but that's not currently in the in the nines and up. Wow. It might be an eight. So I'm, I'm not scrolling down that far yet. But, uh, Ooh, the OG Matrix. The OG Matrix is not in the nines, but it's close. Um, it is mm. number sixteen with an eight point seven. Any MCU, like one of the nope. Avengers or anything? None of the MCU's mm. in the top twenty, anyways. As I, uh, oh. Pulp Fiction. Uh, Pulp Fiction is number eight with an eight point nine, so it's not in there. Damn. Um, Spielberg, Jaws, or something, or Jurassic Park. Uh, a number six is a Spielberg movie, but it's not one of those. I'm a Schindler's List. Schindler's List. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm I'm actually very good at making lists. That's why he cast me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Pulp Fiction is at number eight with eight point nine. All right. One of these movies we did very recently. Yes. Godfather 2. One of these. Okay. One of the other, and that's number four with a 9.0. Number, the number two movie is very closely related to The Godfather. Part two. Goodfellas. Goodfellas. No. no. Casino. Godfather part one. <laughs> 9.2. Oh. Uh, Jeff, oh. Jeff already guessed number three. <laughs> Damn it. Number one is The Shawshank Redemption. Um, I was going to say that, but I didn't think uh, yeah, today. Which people was like it's also a nine point two along hmm. with the Godfather, so I don't know exactly how they decided. Maybe they rounded up closer, but oh, um, okay. Yeah, just interesting. It was, it was a lot more contemporary stuff. Um, number eleven is a movie we've also done very recently. Yep, Forrest Gump. All right, so I, I could go on with this, but yeah, it's interesting again. A lot yeah. more contemporary stuff. Like we don't get to like number twenty-one with like it's a wonderful life. Um, so we get back to like a 
something a little older. Uh, Where's Yankee, Yankee Doodle, Doodle Dandy? <laughs> Not on there. <laughs> Not on yeah, the it's list. right, but it's on the AFI list. <laughs> oh my god! Well, gosh. it's like the the Lord of the Rings features very highly in like the top twenty five here. Uh, so. Oh, okay. What uh, Star Wars? Uh, which which of the Star Wars is the highest rated Fit. on the IMDb? Yeah, Empire. Number fifteen, also with an eight point seven. So. Yeah, I was going to say okay. fifteen. Uh, anyway, so I could go on and on with this. Right. Might, might, might be right some more fun to have with this list later. But, uh, but yeah, cool. that's that's it for me. Uh, Alex, anything you want to go over? Yeah. Besides, I was going to mention Sandman. I'm loving it. Halfway through the series, it's great. I recommend, and I recommend the comic books too. Give them a read. Um, and the other thing is, I watched Prey. Did you guys have yeah, you guys seen this? Not yet. It is Here's so fucking good. It, it's it's so good. And this is the first time I've ever heard of this, but apparently the director, it, it has a full uh, Comanche dub. Uh, and I think I'm going to watch it with that next. But apparently he wa- the director, what's-his-face, wanted to do like a Mel Gibson thing and do the whole thing in just oh, Comanche Apocalypto? and Native American. Yeah. Apocalypto and Passion of the Christ. Right? I have he not did that seen Passion, so... <laughs> I don't want to see it. I'm a Catholic. I don't want to see that. Um, but Disney being Disney, they said no. So, uh, but at least he got the full dub and the movie. Yeah, it's great. There's a couple of silly things to it, but I, the, the, the story is very simple. It goes back to the basics. It's so good that I forgave like a lot of the stuff that annoys me in modern movies these days. It's check it out. We'll do. It's good. Will do. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. I was All just right. going to say same man. Right. Same man. Um, just a couple right, reviews. Uh, Better Call Saul. So watching that. They're going to keep repeating it. The Pint, Pint Ultimate episode just aired. So there's one more to go. And the whole thing will be done. Um Watched two documentaries on Netflix, one about Woodstock 99, <laughs> which uh, um, I don't even remember being a thing. I remember Woodstock 94, which apparently was nothing. It was a very small thing, and they were throwing like dirt clods at Where Green Day. That's there, all so I remember. There was a remember. second modern Woodstock? Oh. Yeah. Okay. No, I remember the one where it was all on fire, the 99 one. Yeah, that's the 99 one. So this is with like Limpus getting <laughs> corn. I like and, corn. And, and and Cheryl Crow and Jewel, <laughs> it was it was quite the lineup. Um, but yeah, that one. If you're, if you're interested, you're around our age, go check it out. Um, it's interesting how Give me something to break. you know how the the youth and the, just how they they got mistreated, kind of, and everything. And then this other one, which I knew nothing about, this it's called the most hated man on the internet. It's about Hunter. S. Thompson? No, Hunter Moore or something. He had this website. Is anyone up or basically revenge porn? He kind of started this thing back uh. in uh, 2010 or something like that. And yeah, it was this huge thing about people would upload pictures, but then they were finding out there was hacking involved, and just this guy was a total piece of crap, and just all that stuff. So, but it's a very interesting documentary. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I watched. I'm interested in, uh, I know a bunch of shows. I, I want to watch Sandman. I do want to watch Prey. 
I know we have the Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones stuff like coming out yeah. right around the corner. So mm-hmm. interested mm-hmm. in all that. And I don't know if we talked about the Andor trailer. There's a bunch of I trailers think, came out recently. Yeah, it looks, it looks week, cool. But, yeah, yeah, I think we mentioned it. Okay. It looks cool. So, but yeah. That is, oh, I want to see Nope, too. I haven't gone to the theater, but I want to go yeah, see Nope. Yeah, I want to see Nope. All right, that's all I got. I think we're good. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Prediction for tonight's podcast. Kane! <laughs> Wait a minute for that joke. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.